0: Hello and welcome to After Unified,
1: the podcast where everything is normal. I'm Emily.
0: I'm Ryan. Oh Oh, no, no. we're We're boys.
1: Boys. (laughs) Boys. Boys.
0: Boy, oh boy!
2: I thought you guys were going to cover that Britney Spears song. Which one? Boys. Oh, I'm
1: not a boy not, boy. not yet a boy man.
2: Ryan for this episode is being replaced by <laughs> played
1: by two people. <laughs>
2: played by. Uh, they're her understudies. Uh Shane Hosey, who has been on here before.
1: Hi, welcome.
2: And Chris Hotomy, who's not been here before.
1: Never never been asked about anything. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris. How you well, doing?
0: As we know that Ryan contractually will not work with Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: That was a very tense live show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oof.
2: Since this is a weird episode with weird hosts, we are going to do a topic that's, I guess it's weird for us, but normal for other people.
0: Normal for the two of you and, and wait, weird for you and normal for us? Look, we're
1: weird hosts, and this is a show usually about weird ghosts. Wow. That's, Those, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, man, I like Afternoon we're of
2: to Shane and Chris are going to learn me a couple things about professional wrestling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is going to be fun because we both love professional wrestling, and Shane and I are two of uh, Portland's greatest amateur professional wrestling.
2: Yeah, you guys do a thing. <laughs> We're Why amateur, don't
1: amateur. We, yeah. don't, we don't wrestle. Why don't
2: you tell us a little mm. bit about that thing that you guys do?
1: Yeah, uh, We uh, co-produce a show called Spec also on the River City Podcast Federation. Uh, and at that show, we have a pre-show yeah. called Primo Pre-Show Professional Wrestling. Three XPW, triple PW, uh, and Shane is the commissioner of that. Yep, I'm the evil, <laughs> somewhat uh, genial, <laughs> yeah,
0: sort of rambling. Uh, like if you've ever watched a Bob Hope Christmas special, <laughs> it's like that, but with wrestling in it. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, like we're, we're very we're very loose with our characters sometimes, and we're like razzing each other on mic, and yeah. people just sort of come in and off the stage at as they at they want, you know. And it's
1: yeah, yeah. And that,
0: Chris is our was fun. our was our former heel champion.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm the I'm I belong in the Recent, championship. Recently <laughs> dethroned, unfairly dethroned uh, by nice guy Kyle McCormick. Uh, I'm Hollywood Chris Hottamy There, <laughs> yeah. uh, I was. The, I'm the longest reigning champion in Dribble BW history. And you're both heels, which is like. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta figure. We gotta get some more good work. we got we got some great faces. We got uh, daddy, uh, a Daddy, a guy who just wants his kids to think he's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we 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 just lear- met which lady? Which lady? Yeah, which lady are you talking about? Which lady? Oh, which lady? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. This, we we stretch that into like five minutes on stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but uh, yeah. Uh, so there are some faces in the company. <laughs> You know, I have some ideas. Yeah, no, for sure. Kyle was a face. He was a face. Then he turned into a nice guy. He took yeah. the red pill. The audience friend-zoned
0: him. <laughs> the audience
1: friend-zoned him, and he got real upset. Yeah. Uh,
0: before we start, I yeah. want Chris to please explain your finishing maneuver in premium pre-show wrestling. Okay,
1: my finishing uh, maneuver, uh, the most devastating finishing maneuver in all of Triple Pw, uh, is the Helter Seltzer. Oh, uh, no. Where I uh, get thrown a can of LaCroix from the audience... Uh, drink it, and then uh, spit it into the face of my enemy. Yeah, and uh, I won't do it with anything that isn't Lacroix. That was my downfall in a recent in my rematch for the yeah package. Do you have a
2: specific flavor?
1: Uh, plain. Uh, I don't want any of that fancy stuff. What kind of
2: monster it. are you? Well,
1: he's a heel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I'll, I'm gonna I'll learn lower what myself that is. to moose occasionally, but last time somebody did throw a refresher from Safeway Select. In my that's, hand. Well,
2: see, that's not cool. I mean, I'm more of a tangerine coconut person. Okay.
1: You know yeah. what? I, I could open my heart to that. You know, it was like poison to Chris. Oh though. yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, that's why Kyle's much more inferior finisher, the red pill, was able to take me out,
0: God. which is a punch with a red glove on.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, um,
0: look, we're not actually wrestlers. We have to get creative with these things.
1: <laughs> so. Shane knows the story, but the listeners after Unify if I don't, because they don't know me. Well, yeah, they might know me. Who knows? Some of them might know yeah. you. Yeah, uh, but I uh, was recently hanging out with my parents and uh, a friend of mine, carrying around the Triple PW belt before I lost it, before it was taken from me. Which is
0: a child's wrestling belt with the DVD, the number 23, taped to
1: it. Yes.
2: The, the one with Jim Carrey? Yep, yep. Okay, I can follow the story now. Okay,
1: and I was at my local cafe... Uh, uh, Drinking some wine. Uh, And uh, in walks, as I'm holding this belt, in walks local uh, real professional wrestler. actual professional wrestler. uh, Dr. Cleaver, like a 6'5 man missing a lot of teeth up front and a mohawk who's a real wrestler.
0: Yeah. You know, he's built like a real wrestler.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And the barista, one of my teachers of wrestling trivia, uh, Tom, decided this would be a good moment to be like, hey, uh, I forgot the guy's name, like Matt or Brett or something, you know, Matt or his Greg. real name. Pretty yeah. standard white guy names. Yeah, wrestler guy. He's okay. Like, this Chris over here also wrestles. <laughs> and oof. um, Oh, I was just like, well, I mean, like, it's not, like, well, I don't really wrestle. I mean, like, I'm not to say that wrestling isn't cool. I think it's great. I mean, I understand what you do is a really hard thing. And like, all right, we just lovingly mock it. We don't really mock it, but like, we're like, we honor it. Uh, and this belt right here—it's like a joke. Look, I mean, I just care for photos with Tom. Tom likes it. Uh, oh, you know. Uh, and like <laughs> my friend was with me at the time. She's kind of it aside and laughing. And Doc Cleaver did not give me any. He didn't give me like, a, oh, that sounds nice, kid. He was just like, okay, okay, okay. And I'm,
3: ah! <laughs> you know,
1: wrestling. I love it. You I know, mean, you're here. You know, doing great. I mean, not to like idolize you overly. Uh, Oh, and then I I died then, and that's why I'm a ghost right now. And yeah. that's why you're on the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Um, so what we're gonna do today is, like I said, they're gonna teach me a couple things. I don't know anything about mm-hmm. wrestling that wasn't covered on, Glow, mm-hmm.
3: um, right,
2: or directly associated with a certain murder, which I'll probably talk about later.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not gonna get into that. My my, what I brought here. <laughs> Chris, do you mind if I go first? Oh, please.
2: What do you bring to this friendship, Shane? Four,
0: <laughs> four pages of research <laughs> about the history of professional wrestling, um, which starts in the nation of France. In the 1830s. Are you sure it was yeah. France? I'm sure it was France. Because
2: that doesn't seem likely. Circus wrestling mm-hmm. okay.
0: starts as ringmasters invite the public to try and knock over a strong man for a prize of 500 francs. This is a trope that you see in cartoons and such. It's like, hey, we got a strong guy here. 100
1: bucks to the any man who could last such and such ring you know, minutes with this guy. That, that makes sense because like a strong man uh, is like the king. And at the 1830s, the French love toppling the kings. So it's true.
2: 1830s would have been after the French Revolution. So, yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so I, I got some notable stage names from uh, the Wikipedia article that I was skimming for some of this information. <laughs> you belong
2: on this show, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: we have Gustave d'Avignon, the bone wrecker. Ooh. And we also have Bonnet, the ox of the low Alps. The Low Alps. The Low Alps, which cracked me up. He's like, so he's like a mountain
2: guy? No. He's like a hill guy. He's like a
0: hill guy. Um, So this tradition transitions into competitive Greco-Roman wrestling. So Greco-Roman wrestling came from... France in the eighteen thirties. Modern Greco Roman wrestling basically. I was gonna Which say Which is uh it's a basically above the waist wrestling. So there's no no stuff with the legs. Um, no no low funny lows. business. Yeah, no funny
2: business. <laughs>
0: a lot of arm locks, a lot of headlocks, mm-hmm. etc. Um the first uh, champion was uh, Paul the Colossus Paul Pone, he was crowned in eighteen ninety-eight. Ooh. So there we go. <laughs> Meanwhile, in England and America, so well, so that, this is sort of what sets up the tradition of like the strong man turning into the wrestler, and then yep. wrestling becoming sort of like a thing that people did in Europe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so in England and America, a different version of uh, wrestling was was coming into prominence. It's called catches catch can, which is the what what turns into what is now modern pro wrestling. It's um, it's far more like no holds barred. So you can do you can do foot stuff mm-hmm. with it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you wanna put that on display for everybody.
0: Um, yeah. So you have uh that sort of style becoming in vogue in uh England and America. Um it's like during the aftermath of the Civil War, traveler traveling shows began to add wrestling exhibitions to their shows. So they they would mix both the uh public prize fighting things yep. mm-hmm. and also um wrestler versus wrestler like exhibition matches
2: so it started to become like more of a performance
0: this is yeah this is where you start getting the more performative aspects of it because it's it's associated with the circus and the carnival
2: before we go any further i just want to make sure that everybody listening knows that pro wrestling is fake
0: um
2: i mean it's not like fake but it's not
0: we'll get into it Yeah.
2: okay i just it's kind of like a bunch of eight-year-olds listening, and I don't want to tell them that Santa isn't real. Okay. Right. I don't want to be that person.
0: Well, in this at this time in history, it's still kind of a mix. Okay. Because you're you have you have like legitimate wrestling matches, like amateur, like mm-hmm. what we'd consider amateur collegiate wrestling. Yeah. Like you'd see in the Olympics. Yeah. Because um, around the same time, like in the 1850s or something like that, that's when the wrestling actually made it to the Olympics. Um. So you do have, like, like I said, there's there's some people doing it professionally and some people doing it quote quote, professionally. Okay. Um, Abraham Lincoln was a wrestler.
3: The, Is there but nothing? But oh. the more, the
0: more, more the competitive style. He was a he was like a, a collegiate wrestler, and he was apparently real good at it.
3: Is
2: there nothing that man couldn't do? Yeah.
1: Well, it's uh, not good enough to suplex John Wilkes Booth off that balcony. <laughs> yeah,
2: the only thing he couldn't do was sit through a play.
1: No.
0: Got too antsy. He had restless leg. Um, so the Carnival Roots is where pro wrestling gets much of its industry jargon, like the word mark. Ah. Are you familiar with Mark. Like yeah, this guy's a mark over here.
2: I mean, I don't know him personally.
0: <laughs> You've never met a mark?
2: I've met many marks. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, a mark in this case is like a sucker, an easy mark,
2: a okay. target. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: and so in this case, uh, in carnival jargon, like mark is like, oh yeah, this guy's a this guy's an easy mark. He's a sucker. I just said that, a but whatever. A stooge, if uh, you will. <laughs> yeah. Someone
1: you can fleece.
0: Yeah. And in in uh, in modern wrestling parlance, a mark is someone who buys into the show. They are someone who believes what they're seeing. Completely. Okay, wow. So mostly little kids these days are marks. Mm-hmm. But there's also. Or,
1: or or people that buy into the corporate like. Also yeah.
0: that, there's also, because wrestling is this weird hybrid entertainment product that's uh-huh. that's almost unique to anything else because yeah. there's, mm-hmm. there's the people who watch it just as the television show and those are the people who watch it for the backstage drama. Mm-hmm. And the people who buy into that stuff they're also marks. Mm-hmm. They're called smart marks because yeah. they are
1: smart to the business, or
0: so they think.
2: But not smart. Or
1: no, they they do call they smarts. do call them smarks. Okay, yes. good. I thought you were gonna go with that because we're. I would say we're smarks.
0: Uh, yeah, we can get kind of. I can get kind of smarky. I like to think of myself as just like eh, I'm a mark. I just enjoy it. Like okay. I'm just having fun when I watch it. So, yeah.
1: but I feel like us making all those jokes about Kurt Angle breaking into a bunch of little Kurt Angles. Oh, uh, that's
0: that's definitely that's some that's some smart behavior. Right yeah, there.
1: like. I mean, I, I know I'm a smirk. Um, They're also
0: very tasteless jokes. Yeah. Um, so uh, some other things that come from uh, this wrestling slang while well, we're on the topic. Uh, I mentioned face and heel earlier. Yes. A face stands for baby face. It means a good guy. Okay. And a heel is like, oh, what a, what a heel? Like, you know, cause, like, These are uh,
2: things I recognize from GLOW. Yeah. All like
0: right. Like the 1930s, as you'd call, oh, he's such a heel. Um, so yeah, good guys, bad guys, baby faces and heels. Okay. Or just face. Face and heel. So during the turn of the century, early 1900s, mm-hmm. um, one of the first great professional wrestling rivalries um, take, took place. I don't know what, how you'd say that a rivalry. A rivalry happened. happened. Started. Uh, rivalry was born. There yeah, anyway. Go. So um, this is from wrestling historian Mike Chapman. That's uh, a
2: job that someone can have. I mean, I'm doing it right
1: now. Yeah. I guess. Is so, your whole podcast predicated on the idea that there are a lot of different histories. i
2: guess i mean yeah why are you shitting on this now <laughs> yeah. sorry wow no. wow
0: no, oh no. i'm sorry your afternoon applied podcast <laughs> oh this guy's a real historian
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's go back to talking about real stuff like exorcisms <laughs> and I, virgin I, mary sightings I,
2: um no it was just one of those job titles it's like wow you can do that like i was watching a documentary where this guy was an antique stove expert and it's like
1: that's <laughs> portland oregon buck stove palace go there this There's is an antique stove rental place on foster on why like are we 60th. renting are sto- they paying you um like, they don't they do such good work i'd pay to advertise <laughs> they, for them they pay me in stoves <laughs> yeah hey, by the way i have like four spare antique stoves <laughs>
0: um so real historian <laughs> And wonderful human, I assume. (laughs) Mike Chapman wrote, uh, In all of athletic history, there are a mere handful of rivalries between individual stars that have become almost as large as the sport itself. Mm -hmm. In boxing, such matchups as Sullivan Corbett, Dempsey Tunney, Lewis Cohn, and Ali Frazier um, are part of the boxing folklore.
2: Of course. All names that I know and have heard before. Muhammad Ali? Yes. (laughs) Okay. No, I do know Okay. I was going to say.
0: (laughs) And uh, Smoker Joe Frazier. Anyway. Um... T- 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 my, Boxing folklore. My
2: thing is that I know a little bit of stuff about a lot of things. I yeah. don't know a lot of stuff about anything.
0: Well, he goes on to say, in wrestling, there is only one, Gotch Hackenschmidt.
2: Mm. Give him yeah. a name.
0: You look at you look at me now, and I'm the one who has to read it every. <laughs> I'm gonna assume that uh, is he German.
1: Simon Gotch is.
0: <laughs> well, that's it what was he... Simon Gotch back in time. Yeah, it's Simon Gotch back <laughs> in time. Um, no, I, I, I'll, I'll get into it. Um, <laughs> Please do. George Carls Julius Hackenschmidt, Estonian-born wrestler who moved to England to apply his craft. So he uh, was born in Estonia, won fame and fortune in, like, Russia in doing, doing like, legitimate wrestling exhibitions mm-hmm. for money. And uh, he moved to England where it was – he he became infatuated with the catch catch can style. Mm-hmm. He liked the looser rules. He liked getting in – he liked that foot stuff. And uh, – <laughs> I keep phrasing it like that so that Emily cringes. <laughs> um, and so he wins, like, fame and fortune uh, in, in England. He's working with local promoters. He's getting the the good fights. He's, like, doing the open challenges at carnivals and stuff and, and making money. Uh, a touring American champion, Tom Jenkins, came through. That
2: is a very American name. Oh, like, yeah. Aggressively American. Tom Jenkins.
0: <laughs> so he came through uh, and lost a close set of matches to George. Uh, Eventually, he would find his way to America to capture the catch-is-catch-can world title. And eventually, he would meet a man by the name of Frank Gotch. So Frank Gotch was born in Iowa, and he began wrestling in 1899. Uh, Early on, he lost a close match with current heavyweight... (laughs) Okay, this is a great story. So this traveling salesman, traveling furniture salesman, comes to Frank Gotch's town. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's like, I want to say Humboldt, Iowa? Something Iowa. In Iowa, uh, this traveling furniture salesman is like, "Hey, I'll wrestle anybody, and if they beat me, you know, I'll give them a hundred bucks or whatever." And so Frank Gotch, young, plucky Frank Gotch, he's got like three or four matches under his belt. He's like a local, like, "Ah, yeah, here's the guy. He's our, he's our, he's our guy." Uh, and they they go close. They go toe to toe, and Frank narrowly loses to this traveling furniture salesman, who turns out to be. The current heavyweight champion going around in disguise as oh a traveling God. furniture salesman. <laughs>
2: um, I love stories where someone will just roll into town and start challenging people. Like when Annie Oakley was a kid, some guy rolled into her town. And he was like, "Anyone who can outshoot me, whatever." And then they bring forward this like fourteen-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. She kicks the shit out of him. Yeah. Um, and then they get married.
1: Oh, yeah, Aww, so sweet. yeah. I saw I saw Annie get your gun with Reba McIntyre. <laughs> Was she 14 at the time? Probably um, not. From the magic of the stage.
0: <laughs> we're all 14 when we're watching a play. <laughs> Just full of wonder. Um, so he then challenged and impressed a former champion. This guy's got a great nickname. Farmer Martin Burns. Ooh, <laughs>
2: Like Farmer is his nickname?
0: Yep, Farmer. Quotes, not, "in quotes farmer" Oh, it's not
2: his job title. Martin Burns. I mean
0: he, maybe he was a farmer who was a wrestler.
2: I mean he had to get that nickname somehow.
0: Yeah, there are there are little elements of character coming through because the circus and wrestling are so inextricably linked.
2: Or I mean he was yeah. either a farmer or he was sowing the seeds of kicking someone's ass.
0: Yeah, maybe. Oh, that's pretty good. So he took Gotch under his wing. Um Frank Gotch would then go on to challenge our friend Tom Jenkins from before. Yes. And uh and uh He would trade the title back and forth until capturing it finally and setting his sights on the world champion, one George Hackenschmidt.
2: Now it's getting good.
0: Now it's getting good. We're building it up. So (laughs) this is the the fateful first meeting. Gotch and Hackenschmidt finally met on April 3rd, 1908 at the Dexter Park Pavilion in Chicago. Showing his contempt for Gotch and for American wrestling in general, Hackenschmidt was not in the best condition. Unlike Gotch, who uh, used speed and defense and rough tactics to wear Hackenschmidt down and assume the attack. So, this is this is how wrestling used to go. Rest, the wrestlers stood on their feet for a full two hours oh before God. Gotch was able to get behind Hackenschmidt and take him down. These were endurance matches. They that's, were that's
1: ridiculous. too
2: long to watch anything.
1: Oh, people love this stuff. Well, what, what, time, what time was this? Like, what, what year? 1908. Oh, yeah. Like there was nothing else to do. guess they had, had nothing else yeah, to do. Yeah, that was back when the World Fair would come around. Like, look, in the future, we'll have sticks. <laughs>
2: A lot of good things came out of those world fairs, though. More yeah. than one stick? Waffle cones, hot dogs. H.H. H. Holmes. I was going to
1: yeah, say. Yeah, I know you were, <laughs> were going to say H.H. Murder H. castles. Hey, um, he should have merged with waffle cones. H.H. H. Holmes, waffle cones.
2: <laughs> um, I walked into the kitchen at work a couple days ago, and one of the ladies, and I work with a bunch of like middle-aged to older women, and she had a copy of Devil in the White City open.
0: <laughs> nice. nice. And she's
2: like four pages in. And she just looks up and she's like, I thought this was about the World Fair. Oh, no. I was like, no, Susan, he murdered a lot of people. She's like, who? The doctor? Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, no. Oh, poor Susan. (laughs)
1: Uh, the World Fair is also responsible for uh, the landfill that the Marina District in San Francisco was built upon and why in the 1909 earthquake, the Loma Prieta earthquake, a bunch of that neighborhood kind of crumbled into it because just building it on sand and old buildings. Yeah, probably
2: not the best idea. No, no. Um, we also got It's a Small World at the at a World Fair. Oh. Yeah. yeah.
1: Nice. And apparently
0: over two-hour wrestling there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> um, so, uh, while on their feet, Gotch made sure to lean on Hackenschmidt to wear him down. He bullied him around the ring and is thumbing and butting.
2: Leaned on him?
0: Yeah, so when they're like pushing against each other to try and oh. take each other down, they're leaning so on each So
2: it wasn't other. like a 90s sitcom promo where they're just <laughs> like... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah like, like, hey, <laughs> this guy's American. This is European. How will they make it work? <laughs> Frank hey, and George, this fall on NBC. They have a pizza shop
0: they have to own. Um, Gotch will get you this fall. <laughs> uh <laughs> He bullied him around the ring. Yeah, uh, his thumbing and butting left Hackenschmidt covered in blood. <laughs> so this is getting real now. <laughs> I mean, it's if
2: like you can stabbing. do that with your thumbs, he has some pretty fucking big thumbs. He's
0: probably got those like nice sharp fingernails, too. He's yeah, just stabbing it. And, like, st- oh,
2: stab. yeah.
0: This is one of my favorite parts. Hackenschmidt complained to the referee that Gotch's foul tac- of, of Gotch's foul tactics and asked that Gotch be forced to take a hot shower to rid his body of an abundance of oil. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had greased himself up too much. That's what Hackenschmidt saying. And
2: he needed to pause the match to you take to a stop? shower?
0: You need to go take a shower because you're <laughs> filthy with oil. You're such a slippery boy. But the referee ignored the complaints and told Hackenschmidt, <laughs> told Hackenschmidt that he should have noticed the oil before the match began. It's like, well...
2: You didn't notice him glistening in the midday sun?
0: You didn't notice his glistening body in the sun? <laughs> Was that just me? Just me, the referee?
1: I mean, it's a hot one. <laughs> Seven inches from the midday sun. Uh,
0: the match continued until the two hour mark when I'm flipping my page. I've got pages of notes here. This is one page down. One page down of four. And there's a big picture on one of them, okay. which I'm sure the audience is excited to see. They'll love it. Uh, Hackenschmidt was forced against the ropes, gotch tore him off the ropes, threw Hackenschmidt down, and rode him hard for three minutes, working for his dreaded toehold. This is
2: not that kind of podcast shame. (laughs) Mm,
1: Sorry, let me read that again. Gotch tore him off
0: the ropes, threw Hackenschmidt down, and rode him hard for three minutes.
1: (laughs) What is this, the beginning of an episode of The Hosey Hustle?
0: basically. (laughs) Uh, Hackenschmidt had trained to avoid the hold, which he did, but the effort took the last remaining strength, so Hackenschmidt quit the fall. I surrendered the championship of the world to Mr. Gotch, he said, and stood up and shook Gotch's hands. The wrestlers retired to their dressing rooms before coming out for the second fall. There are two rounds in this. No.
2: Two, two hour rounds?
0: Um, but Hackenschmidt refused to return the ring, telling the referee to declare Gotch the winner and thereby relinquishing his title to him. So okay. he's like, nah. I'm over oh, it. Guy. I'm done. So at first, George was conciliatory simply stating that gotch was the better man eventually however he his take on the match soured and he insisted that he'd been cheated by gotch and america itself (laughs) he demanded a rematch to take place in europe but that never happened
2: those are losing words Mm -hmm.
0: yeah um so Gotch met Hackenschmidt again on September 4th, 1911. Now, this is this is a this is like an infamous match because um, the rematch is one of the most controversial and talked about matches in professional wrestling history to this day, as Hackenschmidt injured his knee against his tref- chief training partner. Now, years later, wrestler Ad San- <coughs> wrestler Ad Santel told Luthez that he was paid five thousand dollars by Gotch's backers to cripple Hackenschmidt oh, in training.
2: It's a Tony Harding situation. Mm-hmm. <sighs>
0: And make it look like an accident. However, now this is according to Hackenschmidt himself. He legitimately just injured it with his training partner. No big deal. Everyone mm-hmm. relax. But it, like, th- there's like, there's controversy. There's over conspiracy like, theory. Because it's like, well, maybe maybe he didn't get paid five thousand dollars to make it look like an accident. Maybe they paid Hackenschmidt five thousand dollars to just throw the match. Like, yeah, you know, it's it's it's
2: stuff. There's a like lot that. of
1: money back then.
0: Yeah, it was a ton of money back that is, then.
2: That's all of the money. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so the, the referee basically like. So the the trainer said, no, the knee's fine. So the referee's like, okay, the knee's fine. And Hackett was like, yeah, the knee's fine. And he lost the match. So
2: (laughs) (laughs) Knee wasn't fine enough.
0: Knee was not fine. I mean, this was like a squash match. It only lasted 30
2: minutes. (laughs) That's basically nothing. It's like nothing.
0: It was barely a piss break. I'm sure people were were rioting in the streets. Mm. Gotta Um, get them
2: their money's worth.
0: Yeah. So he he won with his feared toehold. So
2: Is it what it sounds like?
0: Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a twist to the foot. It's like you grab the toes and then you crank. Okay. Yeah. It's nasty. Oh, well, yeah. If you can manage it. Um, so this is when things took a turn for wrestling in general. Gotch reigned as champion from 1908 until 1913 when he would retire. So if you've been counting, he's wrestled for about 15 years.
2: That, that's a good run. Four I years didn't... later, he died. Okay. Of what yeah. was
0: probably syphilis.
2: Uh, This was in early 1900s? That would be
0: 1917.
2: Almost definitely syphilis. (laughs) Yeah,
0: almost definitely syphilis. Uh, The death of Koch, the death of Gotch, and the uh, reputation of illegitimacy that had plagued the sport since the late 1800s had taken its toll on on the wrestling scene. Uh, Enter Ed Lewis, Billy Sandow, and Toots Mont. (laughs) And that's... That's not in quotes. Yeah, that is his name.
2: His name is just the
0: gentleman's name is Toots Mont.
1: Hi there, uh, my name's Mont. Toots Mont. The, yeah,
0: so there are, three, there are three professional wrestlers that sort of join forces and start uh, eking out a territory for themselves. Um, uh, in the eastern United States, so they add such innovations as time limit matches. Thank Uh, God, there you go. Now you only have uh, one hour to (laughs) beat your opponent. (laughs) Signature holds, which is a big thing, which becomes a big thing in wrestling. Every every wrestler has their own special finishing. Kind Mm -hmm. of
2: like when you're playing Mario, each character has like their thing.
0: Yeah, Yeah. like a like a Smash Brothers, like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tag team wrestling, one Mm -hmm. of my favorites, uh, which is. So two, it's two people. teams yeah. of two. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in-ring shenanigans example, and this was the example that they gave in Wikipedia, distracting the referee. Ooh. So have you ever seen those monkey shines? That's a favorite nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Goof on the referee until you're they're not looking and then yeah. being your opponent.
2: Um,
0: their main innovation, however, was the move from relying on traveling wrestlers to contracting a pool of dedicated workers.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: So now instead of just waiting for the good people to come through and maybe, you know, two weeks later they're wrestling for your, uh, mm. bitter rival promotion or whatever. Uh-huh. Now you lock them down to contracts and they're stuck with you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, so you can build longer storylines, Yeah. build more hype and you're starving your, uh, rival promoters of good talent. Mm. So, this is great. In this way, they were able to start off the company. Okay, the, uh, the three gained such financial success that they were dubbed the Gold Dust Trio.
1: Whoa, it's a good name. It's a
0: fun nickname. Yeah, they were eventually undone by some classic wrestling hoopla. Mm-hmm. Uh, when this is a great name, Jan Stanislaw <sighs> Polish last name. <laughs> no. No, wait,
2: wait, wait, wait! I might be able to do this. It's down right there at the bottom. With a C? Beyond Stanislaus, nope. Yep. (laughs) There's a C-Y in there. (laughs) Yep.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Also known as Stanislaus Zabisco. Ooh. You're familiar with the Zabisco? Larry Zabisco? Yeah, Yeah. Zabisco family. It's not Larry, but... Oh, well, who cares?
1: Yeah. You know, I don't know This is where I
2: miss Ryan, because she wouldn't have been able to pronounce that. Do you think so? I can try.
1: I don't know anything. Right there with my thumb.
2: I mean, her boyfriend's family is Polish. Beyond
1: Stanislaus... Yeah. Ooh, big man! Zaganowicz, Zaganowicz, <laughs> yeah, Zaganowicz. Oh, uh, S- that pol-
2: CY might be a Z. Z. I mean, I tend to default Look. to a Z in Polish names if I.
1: Zaganowicz. I said it with confidence. It's Z- yeah, Zaganowicz. Jan okay. Stanislaw Zaganowicz. I'm glad
2: we had this talk. Yeah.
0: Um, so so Stanislaus Zbysko won the title from champion Wayne Munn against the agreed upon booking. So, there you go. Yeah. I mean, it's getting. do you understand what that means?
2: uh, Sort of. It's
0: okay. So you know how wrestling is predetermined. Yes. Uh, In this case, what happened was uh, there was a a match. You know, you got Zabisco versus Mun. Mun, you're going over in the third half or whatever. Okay. And then Zabisco goes,
2: meh, I'm
3: going to
0: pin him for real. (laughs) And he does in front of everybody. So they ring the bell, hand him the title, and he walks out. He
2: basically rewrote the script in the middle of it.
0: He flipped the script on him. Uh, this caused a small crisis where the promoters deemed the match illegitimate and created their own competing title. So now there's two titles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> dear God. That would eventually be reunited a few years later. But this is this is the classic example. This is like the one of the first, at least one of the most famous examples of what is called the screw job. Yeah, you're a good screw job. Yeah.
1: Do you have a comment?
2: No, sorry, I was thinking about how good of a movie title that would be.
1: Screwjob? Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And
2: George Clooney would be in it.
1: I mean, I'm surprised they have not done a movie of the Montreal Screwjob.
0: Uh, They could. Well, they kind of did because Wrestling with Shadows was filmed during that period. Yeah, which is a backstage documentary with uh, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels that details Bret Hart's life, and in the middle of it... There's this crazy big event in wrestling history, and mm-hmm. uh, the filmmakers salivated for days. Probably, yeah.
2: <laughs> I know some of those names. Yeah, uh,
0: we're not even gonna get to them with my research. Yeah, you, isn't that fun? A lot of oh this. Oh my god! Uh, has this been entertaining so far? It is has. Interesting. Yeah. I'm
2: learning a lot.
0: Okay, I'm just making sure. Just checking in. I didn't.
2: I I didn't I, know this would be a history yeah. episode. Yeah. I thought it would just be like weird shit episode. But yeah, this is great.
0: Hey. This is, this is how it is. You
2: did more research this than Ryan and I
0: do. This is why you said going to be a two-parter. This is why I said, well, because I figured part one is just going to be what I have here yeah, in my like hand. 40, yeah. <laughs> so, um, next we move on to what's called the territory period of wrestling. That's why we have this map here. It's oh. split up. The United the Continental United States and Canada are split up into several little territories.
2: Is it kind of like how baseball has leagues?
0: It's a little more like how ancient, uh, medieval Europe had feudalism.
2: Okay, that's... <laughs> I know what you're talking about.
1: A little bit like how baseball has no, a race, yeah. Okay. Shane yeah. is a really good example of that, because it is like these city-state regions of, like, ruled by families. Generally. Yeah, it, it basically is. Game of is. Thrones, okay. Yeah. It's very Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. it's,
0: it's intensely Game of Thrones. Yeah,
1: um, it's like one of the things you can compare it to Game of Thrones. Yeah,
0: so this is also when... Um, another wrestling carny word, kayfabe, becomes very, very important. Now, and I could be misrepresenting, maybe it was always important, but in the Territory days, kayfabe, which is a weird pig Latin Mm -hmm. variant of the phrase be fake, was a strict code that was upheld by wrestlers at the time. Now, basically, it's like, if you're a good guy, even when you're outside the arena, you don't get get dinner with the bad guy, ever. Mm -hmm. You see him in the streets, you start screaming at him. Mm-hmm. You are in character twenty four fucking. So it's seven.
2: just like teams of method actors. Basically,
0: yeah. yes, and it's like everything that you do is real. This is all this is all real that we do in the ring. All right, no one can know. There were people who were married to wrestlers that didn't know yeah. that this stuff was predetermined.
1: Oh dear God! Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. It was, was general like heels at this time were frequently in danger. Yes, uh, because people genuinely believe they were these terrible people. Yeah, um, I mean,
2: we still get that today. Like. There are actors who've been harassed out of acting because.
1: Exactly. Like the so, kid
2: from Game of Thrones.
1: Yeah.
0: True. <laughs> that instinct has never left us as yeah. a species.
1: We're I, always I, I, awful. I think the big difference of there is that's just people are terrible. Uh, and. So, like, so this,
2: what this is, is more people are stupid as opposed to people are terrible. Or yeah. It's both. Or okay. Like,
1: it's the same where it's like people, when they first saw that, uh, the Lost World movie back in like 1920 or whatever, the, the silent film, The Lost World. And we're like, these dinosaurs must be real. Um, you know that? You know that? You no. don't know about that? No. Okay. So you know there was a movie from like 19, 1920s, 1930s, a silent film of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's The Lost World. And they had like great brown groundbreaking uh, stop motion mixed with like back screening. I don't know the okay, words. Okay,
2: so nothing to do with Jurassic Park.
1: Not at all. But that was where the book got the inspiration for the name. But okay. the point is, the dinosaurs were really convincing for the time, so people assumed that they were real.
2: So, like, War of the Worlds, where people thought the Okay.
1: Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, or
0: or the f- early film of the train coming straight at the camp. Yeah. Oh my god, people, people would, like, have run been out dumb
1: of the way. for so long. Yeah. yeah, but so that's more so, yeah, like people didn't know that wrestling wasn't real. People know They had
2: no reason to believe it wasn't yeah. real. Exactly, because so, they
1: were kept so in the dark. It's okay. sweeter than the people who are mean to that uh to yeah. the kid that played Joffrey well, because, who know he's an actor.
0: Because they yeah, they're they're yelling at this wrestler who, for all they know, calls them smelly idiots every week and yeah. means it okay. and beats up that nice man and like pushes the referee around. What a jerk. <laughs> yeah. So it, it became common practice. And I, I learned this from one hacksaw Jim Duggan in oh, an yes. interview that he gave. Um, he if you're familiar with him, he carries around a big chunk of two by four mm-hmm. when he goes to the ring. And it was always just something that he did in like the eighties the when he was in the WWF, uh-huh. like in the eighties and nineties. And he said, Yeah, I started doing that because in the territory days, I was a heel and I found it very convenient to like I I I I was like when I would run to the ring, I would get like pushed around. I get slapped by audience members. I would get like stuff thrown at me. And someone gave me the tip. It's like, hey, just carry something into the ring, like the, like a weapon. And no, one, and people won't mess with you. So I just found a giant <laughs> two by four and just started like swinging it around as I came out to the ring. And people left me alone. Ah, that's good. <laughs> Smart. You got the nation broken up. So basically, people start following the Gold Dust Trio's sort of motto. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, let's buy up contracts let's do this let's stake out our territory and what you have is the the country is broken up into all these different little wrestling territories some prominent names mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. um we've got middle at mid-atlantic championship wrestling which becomes jim crockett promotions which is important remember that later uh championship wrestling from florida which is where uh, like dusty Rhodes was like a big guy um pacific northwest wrestling or portland wrestling Oh. which at one time had the record for the longest consecutive non-news broadcast in uh in American history. Uh, All
2: right. What around what time is this?
0: Uh this is the this is like the 40s and 50s. Okay. Okay. This is when this is starting to come prominent. Um you have Stampede Wrestling in Calgary, mm-hmm. home of the Hart family, mm-hmm. which uh Why does
2: that name sound familiar?
0: Bret Hart. Well, I mentioned him earlier.
2: I heard it today. Oh, okay. No, yeah. I know. Okay.
0: And and then also uh World-class championship wrestling down in Dallas uh, where the Von Erich family.
1: Right. Oh. So, yeah,
0: the, the tragic story of the Von Erichs. That's another episode. Oh, yeah.
1: That's, that, that's tailor-made for an afternoon of fun. Yeah,
0: basically. Um, another prominent one is American Wrestling Association up in Minneapolis. They were one of the see biggest. Say that again. Minneapolis?
2: Minneapolis. Minneapolis, thank
0: yeah, you. I like, I, like, I, said, I like how I said it wrong both I times. I <laughs> exactly specifically
2: yeah. one of our listeners is from... Uh, Minnesota, from and she will spear us alive.
1: From Minneapolis, <laughs> Minneapolis. <laughs> I like it's, it's the tiny mini- yeah, Minneapolis. It's a
0: tiny, it's a little tiny version of Minneapolis. It's Minneapolis. Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: it's where the tiny, it's where the tiny uh, Marines go it's, to train. It's <laughs> Mini
0: It's a small version of Minneapolis carved out of an apple. It's also
2: where Mickey's girlfriend is from. Uh, it's
0: also like the opposite of the Big Apple. Oh. <sighs> anyway. <laughs>
1: Good riff, babies. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: wh- finally, we have Capital Wrestling Corporation, which is run by Vincent J. McMahon.
1: What? I know who
2: that is. Mm-hmm. This hmm? is fun. We're getting into names I recognize. Um
1: actually, it's the dad of the guy you know.
2: Well, fuck that. Yeah, because that's
1: why he <laughs> emphasized the J.
0: Emily. I'm sorry.
2: I'm sorry. But uh,
0: this is this is to illustrate the point that these things are family businesses. Yeah. Yes,
2: and I realize where I recognize where the hearts are from because they train Chris Benoit and this is the whole yeah, thing. That's exactly, gonna, we're yes. going to about Game it
0: Game of Thrones. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, that is really Game of Thrones-y.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So all these promotions sort of come together in 1948 to create the National Wrestling Alliance. Lou was chosen as their first champion. So this is like...
2: The NWA? Um,
0: the NWA, yeah.
1: Which are around for a while. And hey,
0: 1948, so... <laughs> you know you know this is older um i i don't need to say that i guess um
2: (laughs) the 1950s were a long time ago
0: yeah um so luthes was their first champion uh the innovator of the luthes press which is when you jump on a guy and then punch him
1: okay (laughs) he innovated that yeah it didn't Uh, exist before randy orton does it a bunch okay i mean yeah
0: it's an Irish whip, and then you you basically you put your crotch in their face mm. with yeah. a jump, and then oh, when yeah. they land, you're mounting them and you punch them in the okay, face. Okay, yeah. as a Luthez <laughs> press. Anyway. Hey,
1: pretty straightforward. Pretty straight, yeah. yeah, it's pretty straightforward. From everything that is straightforward to us was once an innovation.
0: Yeah. So this is basically like all the small kingdoms coming together and creating the, the Holy Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone gets a vote mm-hmm. in these things, but eventually cronyism and favoritism politics take over um it, it really isn't easy for Luthez in the early days uh certain promoters were so afraid of losing face that they would ch- uh, basically they would tell their champion their local champions like when Luthez come in here you shoot on him and a shoot is a match for real mm-hmm. a shoot is when you like punch a guy in the face during so
2: match. it's just a fight
0: it's just a fight yeah exactly mm-hmm. so Luthez it's rough. It's rough on Lou He's thankfully one of the toughest people that to ever lived, so he's fine. He sounds like a tough guy. All yeah.
2: guys named Lou tend to be pretty yeah. tough.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to go Especially onto... Lou
2: Bega. Anyway.
0: Especially Lou Bega.
2: <laughs> Who's German? Just putting that out there. Really? Yeah. I okay. believe you. Yeah. Hey, you know what?
0: I believe you. Thank you. Um, oh, I also wanted to mention that uh, uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, had its own uh, wrestling base, the World Wrestling Council, which is where um, Bruiser Brody got stabbed to death in a bathroom. Oh, fine. Anyway, again, another episode. Just inserting the murder. Yeah. I'm just sneaking them in there because the, they're li- like I'm. I'm very clinical about everything that's going on, but this is a fucking circus. Mm-hmm. Everything, there I mean, are literally, drugs, yeah. there are literally hookers, there are, every, it's literally, yeah, traveling circus, sorry, sex worker. Mm-hmm. Um. So in the, in the 60s, this is when the cronyism and the politics start to wear on some prominent promoters. Uh, Two of them, one, Vern Gagne of the AWA down in Minneapolis. <laughs> the state near Wisconsin. The state near Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Um,
2: We're losing listeners <laughs> as we speak. Episode's not even out. They're just like, "Yeah, I, yeah, I feel but, something.: They
1: sense it in the wind.:
0: So this is basically like this guy has a uh, territory from. Uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, North, South Dakota, and Nebraska.
2: So all the shitty states. And he is hey, one hey. of the
0: most prominent and pr- and he like goes off on his own with just that territory. And he is one of the the strongest wrestling companies in like the sixties and seventies. He's like the he's like the uh, he's the Dr Pepper of wrestling <laughs> to NWA's uh, Coca Cola mm-hmm. and. Uh, Capital Wrestling Corporation or WWWF, oh. the World Wide Wrestling Federation, who breaks off in uh sorry, another page. I'll just make up a year, no one will know. It's like nineteen sixty one. He okay. be, he breaks off. Um <laughs> uh he so he uh, Vince McMahon, yes, senior. Okay. Um <laughs> takes Capital City uh, Capital Wrestling Corporation, dumb name, bad mm-hmm. name, terrible yeah. name. Glad he changed it. Uh, breaks off from the NWA when he decides that Luthez is just not a big enough draw for him. Mm. Not making enough money. Luthez, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. I got this other guy named Bruno Sammartino. He's going he's gonna to sell out the Madison Square Garden for 100 nights a, mm-hmm. a, in a row. And he does.
2: It's um, <laughs> like, that's a very specific thing to pull no. out of your ass. Well,
0: it's, it's one of the things I know about wrestling. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, unfortunately, that didn't last forever. During the decline of popularity in the 1970s, the WWWF was forced back into the National Wrestling Alliance. So now they're back; they're, okay. they're, they're back on board with the with the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, but they start to gain a little bit of steam when they bring in uh, a Frenchman. So picture picture in your mind
1: a Frenchman. Yeah, uh, uh,
2: striped shirt,
1: beret. beret, beret, yeah, definitely cigarette on we yeah. and a baguette.
3: baguette. Yeah, yep. uh,
0: his name is Andre the Giant. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> so Andre becomes so popular in New York that soon he's being booked all over the rest of the territories.
2: As well he should yeah. be. And this
0: includes even uh, uh, AWA in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Minneapolis. Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Minneapolis. Give now up. Now I give up, just how give to up. pronounce
2: it, Minneapolis. Minitown.
0: Uh, <laughs> M-Town. St. Yeah. Paul's brother. St. Paul's brother. You
2: could, uh, Twin Cities might be safer for you. Yeah,
0: so he's even up in the Twin Cities, which is like, he's basically like, okay, well, I'm going to wrestle for this... Company and then just jump over here too, and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna wrestle for them too. You also get the rise of cable TV at this point. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, the first nationally run wrestling program is Georgia Championship Wrestling, broadcast (laughs) on Turner's Ted Turner's Turner Broadcasting Service. I'm
2: just imagining their logo involving a peach of some kind, but
0: it's actually an outline of the state of Georgia. It was kind of boring. Yeah, yeah, I know. Logos were not good in in
2: like the they didn't get good until the 90s, and I can say that from experience. Yeah.
0: Um, so soon, smaller companies start aiming for lucrative TV deals in local markets. So they're not cable, but they're getting te- television.
2: Like public access?
0: Um, Well, like local
2: stations. Okay.
0: Yeah. Th- this was still when there were local stations. You know, an I NBC mean, affiliate somewhere in, you know, bum fudge.
2: You can Tennessee. swear on this podcast. Uh, maybe I didn't feel like it.
0: Oh, okay. Maybe
1: maybe, maybe I don't think it's realistic Look, to name you your talking?
0: town buttfuck, but bum fudge is fine. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Bumfudge does sound like a real county. Yeah, not, Bumfudge a, not county. a city, but like municipality. It's
0: it's Bumfage, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um so so that you got all these little every promotion's got a TV deal somewhere. You know, um I think that here in Portland it was uh, I think it was KGW. Like they they ran like I said Portland Wrestling was the, one of what the is longest that like ABC running. Or... Yeah, it was some it was some ABC NBC it's affiliate. Fox. KGW is Fox. It was one of the stations. Okay, that was sorry,
2: here. it was just. <laughs> now laughing. we're just getting
0: into local trivia.
2: I need to know some things in this. However long we've been doing this, <laughs>
0: it's only been forty-eight minutes. Don't worry oh, about okay. it. Okay,
2: keep going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, I have like four or five more things. That's fine. Yeah. I'm on my last page. four relax. or five more hours to go. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I I gave you an option. I said, hey. Is it okay? No, and just you cram said, all the stuff into one it.
2: one hour. Yeah, you love it. Make this our longest episode, please.
0: <laughs> please, you can cut any as much of those <laughs> things as you want. But this is where it becomes interesting, because uh, Vince McMahon has a son named Vince McMahon, <laughs> and Vince McMahon decides that he's going to buy the company from Vince McMahon. Okay. Okay.
2: I, he has to buy it. It wasn't just like here.
0: No, so Vince McMahon decided that Vince McMahon should not get into the wrestling business. So Vince McMahon was a color commentator for a little bit for Vince McMahon, but Vince McMahon decided, no, I'm going to go on on my own. So Vince McMahon started uh, what was called Titan uh, Sport, Titan Entertainment, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the parent company for the WWE today. Um, and so Titan makes enough money off of other stuff to buy out Vince McMahon's shares so that Vince McMahon can buy the company from Vince McMahon.
2: So now Vince McMahon Jr. owns it.
0: Hold on, you is lost he... me. What? Vince
2: McMahon Jr. owns. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, so
0: Vince. So like, it's McMahon like a Jr. coup. Yeah. Vince McMahon Jr., uh, the father rises yeah. up and supplants the father. Sorry, the son rises <laughs> up and supplants the father. And um, Vince Jr. decides, well, now all these companies have been playing nice with each other for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you ran a TV deal in Tennessee, no one else is going to jump in and start running TV in Tennessee. Well, Vince Jr. decided, nah, nah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start buying airtime everywhere in the country. And so he does. And with these like little onesie-twosie deals, he starts to spread across all like the local uh, channels. And he becomes uh, a national broadcast uh, wrestling show himself.
2: I mean, he's like the target taking out the... Yeah, he's uh, okay. definitely
0: he's definitely uh, homogenizing the entire wrestling he's world.
2: More of a Walmart, let's be real. Yeah. And then...
0: Uh, he's also starts buying people's contracts mm-hmm. and that's how you get Roddy Piper in the WWF. That's how you get million dollar man, Ted DiBiase in the yeah. WWF. That's how you get, uh, Jim Duggan in yeah. the WWF. So he's getting all the best talents and he's putting them all on the same TV show. And eventually people just start turning to him and all these territories start dying. And it's to the point where, um, cause in, in 1983, Vince jr. It's like right after he took over the, the company he uh-huh. comes to the nwa and says hey i'm out bye and then he starts competing uh-huh. with everybody all at once and it's so brazen it's so crazy that uh this is a story from jim ross yeah yeah. this was when he was a young man this is one of the greatest wrestling commentators in the history of the sport jim ross okay uh but when he was just like so-and-so's assistant working with the national wrestling alliance he was in the bathroom and he was doing his business and two of the higher-ups come in and say, like, I say we just kill the son of a bitch. <laughs> like, we, I know a guy. We can hire him. No one's going to know. They were seriously talking about putting a hit on Vincent <laughs> Kennedy McMahon. And so Jim Ross says he just slowly just sort of tucked his feet up <laughs> and didn't, mm. didn't hear anything. <laughs> so that's how, that's how crazy it was getting at this yeah. point. Um, so uh, Vince also develops uh, a secret weapon. And it it, did he build
2: a man in a lab? Kind
0: of, (laughs) (laughs) sort of. Um, but before I get to that, I want to describe an event called Black Saturday. You remember, I remember I mentioned Georgia Championship Wrestling was the cable show, yes. Well, July 14th, 1984, is known as Black Saturday within the U.S. professional wrestling industry. That day, Georgia Championship Wrestling ceased to exist when Vince McMahon unexpectedly bought the promotion and its TV time slot for his then nationally expanding WWF. So, they the owners sold their stock to Vince for $900,000 for guaranteed jobs in the WWF. So
1: they like a bunch of people just jumped
0: ship. He's kind of a dick. He is I mean, a not... ruthless businessman. Yeah.
1: Uh, he's but friends f- with a certain other horrible man oh, known yeah. as uh, yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah. yeah, basically.
2: Didn't he wrestle... Not Donald Trump, but didn't Vince McMahon wrestle for a little while? Oh,
0: yeah. Okay. He oh, still yeah. kind of does. Yeah.
2: He must be ancient, though.
0: He's, like, in 72. his 70s. Yeah, he's in the 70s. So um,
2: for wrestling, that's not old just to exist. I don't mm-hmm. want to offend any... Wait. No one over the age of, like, 40 listens to this.
0: They could.
1: Yeah, um, I'm
2: just... Killing this show Alienating people.
1: (laughs) Let's get back to Shane's
0: uh, PowerPoint. All right. So, uh, yeah, the next slide, please. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) The Nielsen ratings for the new show just tanks immediately. And so in 85, this is uh, one year later, Vince McMahon (laughs) sold, sold the Saturday Night Time slot um, but not the promotion to one Jim Crockett Jr. in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, Jim Crockett was a promoter based in the uh, NWA branded shows in Mid Atlantic. Um, Jim Crockett Promotions took over and produced the TV show using the same set. In time, the show was renamed WCW Saturday Whoa. Night. Oh. That becomes important later. <laughs> so, should
2: be taking notes.
0: You should. If you're listening at home and you haven't been taking notes, what are you doing? Um, so the secret weapon that I mentioned that Vince McMahon had. Now there was a guy who wrestled in uh, WWF for Vince's dad, and he was kind of a kind of a hot doggy showboaty kind of guy. He didn't really wrestle super well. So Vince, uh, when he took uh, some movie part, he was like, "Oh, some this guy's gonna go off and run off to do Hollywood." fuck this guy i'm not mm. dealing with him so he fires him uh and he goes to he does the movie and he goes to work for Vern gagne for the awa mm. and um when vince jr takes over the company a couple years later he calls this guy up and he says hey do you want to come work for the new wwf and he agrees so in
2: uh i swear to god if you do not name this person
0: uh, we'll have to find out next time. No, I'm just kidding. So, in the early 80s, in ni- it's like 83, Vince McMahon signs Hulk Hogan. Okay. so I'm on board. Hulk Hogan takes the, not just the wrestling world, but popular culture by storm. Yeah. This is the period known as rock and wrestling. This is when MTV is coming on to its own, and Vince McMahon is working very closely with them. You've got Cyndi Lauper on WWF mm-hmm. programming. Um, slapping Roddy Piper in the face which Mm -hmm. is a great moment (laughs) Uh, because he is getting up in her grill and she just rails him and it's great Mm -hmm. Um, and so then uh, Vince takes on his next big project which is the Wrestlemania series so Wrestlemania 1 is 1985 and you got a returning uh returning with his co-star from the movie that Hulk Hogan went off and did a little thing called Rocky Mm three, uh, is you got Mr. T and Hulk Hogan versus (laughs) Roddy Piper. And I want to say Jim Orndorff. Anyway,
2: someone (laughs) who's clearly not that important.
0: Someone else who God bless him is probably great person. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Then uh, WrestleMania three in eighty seven versus Andre the Giant mm-hmm. in one of the biggest, most widely seen bits of professional wrestling in the history of the mm-hmm. world. You have got Hulk Hogan slamming the Giant, the eight hundred pound monster. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: was he eight hundred
0: pounds? No, he was. He was probably closer to four or five. But him a big boy. Yeah. Yes, him um, a big big boy. Yeah, Hulk a big boy too. Hulk a big yeah. Hulk's a big hot dog man. Uh, <laughs> WrestleMania Five in 1989, where the Mega Powers explode. Yep. That's the Hulk Hogan versus Macho Man Randy Savage, which Ooh. is a great feud. It was like a year long build up. Um, it's like, uh, you know, they're, they're friends, they're supporters, they're in a tag team. They're called the Mega Powers, and Miss Elizabeth is their valet. Miss Elizabeth and Randy Savage, they're like husband and wife.
2: And a valet is like a, a valet
0: a, is like yeah. Go ahead.
2: It's it's a, usually a lady that you get into. Like do what? I'm not hundred percent. She
0: walks
1: you to the ring. Basically,
0: I mean, yeah. yeah. They're
2: She's like a tiny bodyguard. Mm-hmm. She's
0: like a little bodyguard. She's like a she's like a little um Piece of probably eye candy at this point.
2: Didn't China start out as one?
1: Yeah, yeah, but she was
0: closer to a bodyguard.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah. God, yeah, I
1: loved her. But she was like the metal version of a valet. Like that yeah. was a lot of the the DX stuff. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, like she's like, like hey,
0: we're not your typical, yeah. we're not your granddad's wrestlers. Yeah,
1: we're Star Trek 09 wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, fart noise, pick my nose. Yeah, vaguely
0: <laughs> racist blackface act. Oh yeah, we ignore that. <laughs> no, I don't. I know. <laughs> um. he's good triple h is good now triple h is good now he's woke so uh in 1993 wrestlemania 9 hulk hogan uh makes a stunning return and leg drops yokozuna in one of the most reviled main events in history and a couple months later he leaves the company to make a little show called thunder in paradise which is a like night rider if the car was a boat
2: Oh my god!
0: You thought that Simpsons joke was just a joke.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I need to watch all of this immediately.
0: Uh, It's not very long, so (laughs) it's going to be fine. Um, So
2: you weren't kidding when you said a little show. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. So Hulk's out. You know, one of the biggest names in professional wrestling. He's he's done his contract. He's done. You know, he's he's made some money. He's he's sick of the schedule. He's sick of everything. Um, He gets a little phone call from a little company called WCW. Mm And they say, "Hey, uh, Hulkster, you want to come work for us? We'll give you literally anything you want." Mm-hmm. And then the dollar signs rose in his eyes, and he said,
3: "Anything."
0: <laughs> and then the Monday Night Wars started. <laughs> but that's where my notes end. Yeah. So that's the little history. That's the primer for what how professional wrestling got to okay. be where it
1: is. Do you have any questions? Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: we almost hit an hour. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, mostly just how things work now. Like, is it? What what are the big names? Um, that's, what's happening like right now?
1: Well, I mean, if you want to go into the, the, I mean, the war was between WCW and WWF. Eventually, WCW exploded, and WWF one became WWE. Because
2: they lost the World Wildlife Foundation, I assume.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. That is okay. exactly what happened. Um, okay, and now much like America post a Cold War or Rome post. Like, in the fall of Parthia? I don't know. That was uh,
2: a really deep dig, Chris. Yeah. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank
1: that you. That was archaeological. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, they've kind of languished without a uh, a true rival. They have been pretenders to the throne, ECW, but that died quickly. Yeah. Uh,
0: Vince Vince sat at the edge of the sea and wept for there were no more promotions to conquer. So
2: WWE yeah. is pretty yeah. much the only game in Cur- town.
1: Currently, right now, there in is America. A, In yeah, there America. In America. I don't is give a, a shit about other... They're the rising resurgence, uh, similar to how uh, Walmart is kind of dying in its own way, and small mom- like mom and pop stores are rising for the rich and elite. We're getting a <laughs> similar thing with wrestling right now, where there's no there's no promotion right now that could ever topple WWE, except for WWE's own incompetence. Yes, um,
0: that is their greatest enemy.
1: But <laughs> okay. to the the to the people that really love wrestling, they're drifting away from WWE. And going towards independent stuff like uh, you got indie your, wrestling. Yes, indie Ring wrestling. of Honor okay. is huge. Pro wrestling, uh, Gorilla. Yeah, um, Chikara. Chikara. Uh, thank you. Japan has a has two really big deal. Doesn't leagues.
2: Doesn't Japan like their wrestling is just super fucking intense? Yes, yeah.
1: and arguably better, but also. Yeah.
0: I think I think yeah, I would say arguably better. It depends on what you like. Yeah. but it's it's a lot more. Um, it, it takes itself a little more seriously mm-hmm. in the ring. Yeah. Okay, it, it takes storytelling a lot seriouser, okay. a lot more serious.
1: Which is the argument when people who defend WWE are like, no, but they care a lot more about story than like the than the high spots. So, like, yeah, but the stories are last minute ideas too. Yeah, they're they're so rushed we kept
2: the out of ring like storylines and stuff like that's still something that exists. Like, there's a very like, large narrative component to this. Yes. Yeah.
1: I mean, WWE is still a weekly, two weekly TV shows on TV. Uh, And there's still... It's
0: still very soap opera. It's still very dramatic. It's
1: just very, very... I love it. I watch Raw, and I watch SmackDown every week. It's very sloppy. Yeah. The storylines come and go and just disappear. Do you remember season two of Heroes...
2: I only Oh wait, maybe.
1: Um it but season 2 of Heroes where like he had his girlfriend Caitlin and he just forgot about her.
2: Oh right, yeah. Um
1: that's uh that's basically wrestling where it's like someone will come and be like, "Well, I'm going to do something next week." And 3 weeks later, they're in a totally different like storyline. Like, "Wait, what is that thing that you were going to do?" It doesn't it, matter.
2: It's season 5 of Community, like the gas leak season where it's like I'm still going to watch this, but yeah. it's not the best they've done.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yes, it, it it Yeah, uh and it, I mean I and A lot of people say it's because during the Monday Night Wars, Vince was competing with somebody, and they had to like create a good product, or people would leave. Uh Yeah, like because right now, if a wrestler is unhappy with WWE, in theory, they're not going to leave because there's nowhere else to go. Yeah, but the Indies are creating kind of a reasonable way for people to make just as much money, if not more doing the indie stuff okay, where they can actually like get paid and get jobs and get fandom so that they they can get exposure they can get more exposure Uh than they can in the in the empire okay so yeah 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 because
0: uh, when the when if you're like a independent guy Mm -hmm. um you have control over your name you have control over your character you have all the control uh you have control over your schedule um and when you join a big company like the wwe mostly just the wwe Uh they will um give you a new name they'll give you a new character they'll give you um a new schedule that sucks yeah it's one of the most intense work schedules in the on the planet and it's you know uh for or for some guys it's just not worth it so it
2: is kind of like working in indie film versus studio films where in indie mm. films you completely control the product of your film. But in a studio film, they hand you the movie they want to get made. Right. Exactly. Okay.
1: But then sometimes they'll not hand you anything forever. So yeah. you've just been signed there and you're not getting paid and you're being left off DVDs and you're just not involved in anything. And there's no way for you to make money actually. I mean you can make some money. still have a. I assume they still have some borderline salary. Uh yeah them. there's
0: there's still a, like minimum a wrestling amount. wage yeah. yeah. basically.
1: But you're you're you make money for more money the matches you perform. and mm-hmm. you're not getting to do matches, you're not and you're not getting to have merch out there. They basically
2: have you so that no one else can.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah.
0: one of the things. And uh
1: yeah, it's and it's it's run by a capricious and frequently airheaded if you will like, a a, a a guy who is uh, prone to flights of whimsy. Yeah, <laughs>
0: and that's still Vince McMahon.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. He he still changes stuff, like, the day of, the night of, uh-huh. frequently. Uh, he'll decide
0: he likes someone, and he will say, well, this is the guy, so push him. Okay. And even if they're booing him and yeah. they don't like him, the audience is wrong. He is the guy. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Uh,
1: this is what I want to do, and you're going to have to deal with it. Basically, yeah. Okay. yeah. and sometimes he'll just be like, He'll like uh, – so I was reading up on uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. breakup. Yeah. Um. That was a thing. There was a popular tag team that broke up. Three-man tag team. Yeah, a three-man tag team that broke up. And apparently the reason they broke up, the reason that narratively he decided to have them break up at Extreme Rules, which is when they broke up that year, which is a pay-per-view, was because the ratings for the Raw that week before had been uh, really low. Ugh. So it wasn't, like, they had this huge, big, popular team.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: That was, like, getting over selling merch. And then the ratings were low. And it's like, okay, we need to do something exciting. Uh, we'll break up this team. And, I mean, it... It worked out. Yeah. That's the problem. A lot of stuff he does kind of works. Because that's the thing with Vince and, McMahon. He's survived
0: this long, yeah. so he has no reason to believe that the, the ideas he has are bad. Yeah. That's like, true, yeah. It's like, I, I've i been able to do whatever I want, and look where it's gotten
1: Yeah, like, I destroyed every... Pretender to the throne. But there's one other that I actually didn't mention. That I feel like if there's any wrestling fans listening, maybe they're screaming, what about uh what about TNA? Uh that's the only other competition. TNA. I
0: think you mean impact wrestling. <laughs> oh,
1: you're right, sorry. GFW, I mean. <laughs> yeah, global Force.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. So
1: <laughs> when WCW
0: went under, okay. there was a couple of guys that basically was like, Well, I'm not working for Vince or some say it was vice versa. Vince is like, You're not working for there's me. a lot of bad blood. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of bad blood. And uh so they went out and they formed their own promotion, dang it, and mm-hmm. they called it Total Nonstop Action or
1: TNA. TNA.
3: It, it, it's a bad it, it name. checks out. It yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so they took a lot of the um some of the some of the infrastructure from the National Wrestling Alliance, which mm-hmm. is still kind of around, sort of. It kind
2: of goes... It comes and goes, Mm -hmm. but... um, They're just not the NWA anymore.
0: They're just not the NWA anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, yeah, it was for a little while, they were the second biggest wrestling company, but it's basically if, on a scale of 1 to 10, with the WWE being the 10, TNA was about a (laughs) 3. Yeah,
1: it's... I mean... I've checked out some old stuff, and they've had some great matches. They, they signed do. some really good people. They did, um, and they
0: always handled them so poorly. Yes,
1: yeah, and they just never paid anybody. <laughs> yeah, like uh, yeah. Uh, Hulk Hogan worked there for a, a short period recently. Yep. which I, is
0: that was one of the only matches, were one only, only episodes of uh, their t- television program that I ever watched was the night that Hulk Hogan premiered there, and it was. It was bad. It was garbage. It was terrible. And, like, they had so much opportunity to, like, make it, like, all right, cool. People are going to tune in. They're going to want to see Hulk Hogan. We got to put on a great show. And they put
1: on a shit show. So that's the (laughs) weird thing about wrestling that Vince, like, he has all these bad instincts and bad ideas. And he doesn't believe in, like, structuring a script really solidly. (laughs) And he has
0: notoriously bullied people who try and keep track of, like, uh, like, character relationships. Yeah. Like, all right, so I got all the heels posted here and they're like, these guys got a feud with this guy, this guy's got a feud with this guy, so it'll reward you for like paying yeah. attention. And he called that dude a giant nerd mm-hmm. and shamed him into
1: stopping doing that. Yeah. Uh, so all that's there, but everyone that has tried to take him down has been a bigger idiot. Yeah. I
0: have
2: literally never heard anything good about him.
1: Um, he's a shrewd businessman. Yeah, I'm trying to businessman. think. Businessman? <laughs> all right he, All right, here's the thing, because like it's easy to compare him to Trump. I already kind of did earlier. But yeah, the yeah. big difference is that he frequently makes himself like, the butt of the joke. He or does. Or the, okay. the he, bad guy. He, yeah, he
0: very much is willing to put himself into... He He's he more is,
2: self-aware.
0: He is way more self-aware. Yeah. And I, I feel like he has actual convictions, and he's not a pathological liar.
2: Yeah. Well, that's good.
0: Yeah. Um, um, he, it has been said of Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. very famously by <laughs> mm-hmm. somebody, Yeah. Um, <laughs> That basically, it's like, um, Vince McMahon's the only billionaire I know who will routinely get hit in the head with a chair. Yeah. It's like,
1: you don't need to do that. Well, <laughs> recently on SmackDown, one of the big moments is this 72-ish-year-old man went out there and like for the first time on TV in like a year or something. Oh, yeah. It's
0: been a while since we've seen And
1: him. he was talking to a heel uh, who had gotten in beef with his son. And then they were talking, and then like he was like... You suck, and I hate you. And then he's like, and then I'll set up a match. And then the heel was like, okay, the heel Kevin Owens. I should wonderful, say. wonderful heel. Great heel. I was a great dad. Uh, in <laughs> real life, uh, kayfabe doesn't exist anymore. Um, but uh, he uh, uh, he was like, all right, if I sign this contract, I'm allowed to beat the shit out of a McMahon. He didn't say that, but he said it similarly. And then he's like, yeah, sure, because he was like, I won't you get swear punished in
2: wrestling. Is no, that-
1: he's like. He's like, let me know that I can beat up your son. And he's they like, did sure. in the nineties. Okay. And then, then he's like, Okay, so I can beat up a McMahon. He's like, Yeah. And then Kevin Owens uh just headbutted Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like apparently Vince had like, you know, he cut himself and put Vaseline and so but knocked out blood. But the point is he put himself in a situation where they're not really allowed to do that much like anymore. And he as a seventy two year old man who's been hit in the head a lot, still put himself out there to be ruthlessly head butted. One might then, argue yeah. that
2: uh they need to be a little more close with the rules about hitting they, people they in are. the head.
1: They, they are. They, they are, are now. Are. I'm just saying he was willing to like he he like he, he was willing to put himself in that position. Yeah. That, yeah.
0: Yeah. It, the the 90s are a buck wild time during the so called Monday Night Wars and the Attitude Era. Yeah. Um. Oof. There were a lot of unprojected hair, headshots with chairs. Yeah. A lot of a lot of needless bleeding. Uh
1: the dude got paralyzed. Uh, um,
0: wait, what, another uh... dude
1: died. Another someone knocked got an eye knocked out and an popped back in. Eye knocked
2: out? That
0: was in Japan.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. You're right. um, well, but... it doesn't count if it was
2: in
0: Japan. <laughs> I was just dark... saying it was yeah. it was a different, right, so, was a different
1: right. place. So I, uh, I just watched that and I didn't realize it was in Japan. Yeah, it was I'm a, not smart.
0: It was Stan <laughs> Hansen versus Vader and Stan Hansen hit hit Vader so hard with a lariat which is just a like a clo- arm clothesline. Mm-hmm um that his eye popped out
2: what <laughs> and you see it on camera oh been, been, my god. It doesn't like,
0: it's not like dangling on his chin but his eye just like bulges and vader because he's one of the baddest men on the planet just sort of pushes it in oh and my god keeps wrestling. And he still has that eye <laughs> he still got he's still got that is eye. it yeah.
3: functional
2: yeah it's fine yeah. Yeah. It, just I, it just came out of <laughs>
0: Look, socket. It's
1: not fine. Mean, do
2: you know what too many concussions can do to you?
1: Oh, no. Yeah, we uh, do. Yeah, it's called crisp and wall. <laughs> yeah, it's called CTOE. Um, it's called it's called Booker T on the nicer end. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, that's a. I'm not referencing the uh, the civil rights and education leader Booker T. Washington. I figured he was There's not a, a wrestler. A wrestling a wrestler named Booker T. Yes. Because he was black. Um, well, that's who,
2: not vaguely racist at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. To Wrestle- be fair, he might have chosen that name. For okay. Himself. Yeah. To be fair, that's a a good figure in Black history. It is. It's not like the other stuff they've done. Like that's a. And he in WCW was at least represented really well as a face.
0: Yeah, he was he was one of their one of their top guys yeah. for sure. But the
1: point is right now he's a commentator and he forgets stuff all the time. And he doesn't know what <laughs> he gets really distracted and yeah. it's and it's 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 concerning. I feel like
2: most of the wrestlers that I know and recognize are ones from the nineties, just mm-hmm. because that I feel like was when wrestling that was, was at a its giant what boom. is that yeah. its
1: biggest. Yes, for
0: sure. Yeah, um, it's
1: it's definitely a niche thing now. There are the the level of crossover stars from back then to now are it's just it's the golf is there's well, one crossover star. Like I well. mean,
0: you look at my history here, yeah. and, and everything comes in waves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for sure. Um, and I think that we're I think that we're on an uptick right oh, now. Oh, definitely. But. Well, we'll, I mean, see. we'll see where it goes. Well, if
2: you asked me to name a wrestler, it'd be like, The Rock, The Undertaker, China. I think, like, at least two of those people are dead. The Rock's not dead. The Undertaker one of those people is dead. One of those people. The
1: Undertaker has been dead several times. Yeah, The Undertaker's been dead So he's dead undead. He's undead. I'm surprised this is a minute. I would say one hour and 13 minutes in. Oh, I have to only cut, just like, talked. a ton in the
2: front. So okay. we're...
1: We've only just started talking about The Undertaker on the probably in an hour flight. right now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um... But, uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I mean, that was the era when, I mean, I, so, background on me a little, Shane got me into wrestling pretty much earlier this year. Like, he'd been nagging for a while. It was, like, a year ago. Well, no, you've been nagging Are you guys for coming a,
2: up on your anniversary? Kind of.
1: Here's the thing. I, uh, from my mm. own experience, what I've seen work with other people, but what I've seen Shane work with me is no one comes into wrestling, no one, you can't just make somebody like wrestling. It has to happen naturally. So Shane was seeding it to me for a while. I'm like encouraging, you know, like dropping the the knowledge into my brain. Uh positive manipulation. <laughs> uh, and uh what happened was eventually after um uh, the day after inauguration, I was in San Francisco and I was feeling kind of down. Really
2: needed it. <laughs>
1: and I just put on the Hulus of uh wrestling and cuz it's on Hulu, uh Raw and Smackdown and NXT and I watched a bunch, and I got into it. And that was the moment I needed. Uh, to, and, and from there, it's history. So that's my backstory. The point of the, I brought that up is what you were saying about the 90s, is I was never into wrestling in the 90s. But I did know who Chris Jericho was, Chris Benoit, mm-hmm. who The Undertaker was, who Sting was, who uh, Triple H was, who The Rock was, who Gold Stone Bird. Cold Steve Austin, who Goldberg, Goldberg. I knew who Goldberg was. I knew who <laughs> China was. I'm trying to remember other people from back then that I knew the name of. I mean, I I, 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 like, and of course, other ones I'd remember. I knew who Kane was. Yeah, like, I knew these things because it was part of the zeitgeist. Kane's to,
0: running for mayor. Yeah, of his town. What?
1: For not, not the mayor not, of hell. Not the mayor of hell. Not say,
0: the mayor of parts
1: unknown. He is a demon. Just saying. Uh, See,
2: this is where the afternoonified thing comes in. We have undead people and well, demons. Should
1: we just cut this episode and then do a second episode of just the supernatural?
2: <laughs> I might have to have you guys back next season.
0: Okay. Oh, we can definitely do that. Because yeah. Like, yeah. we can get into just the Undertaker's backstory, yeah.
2: which um,
1: involves Kane. Yes.
2: We will do that. I. I'm not um, you making still a want huge to t- talk
1: about the tragedies of wrestling.
2: I was going to tell the story of Chris Benoit murdering his family and then himself, but we're like an hour. And also, if you can just fucking listen to the last podcast on the left, that's my default. Okay. I'll come back and talk
0: about Owen Hart and make everybody cry.
1: Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> and by good, I mean terrible. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah so I'm going to.
1: Yeah. So I guess what I want to say is that. Uh, Re- all right, first of all, the 90s, crazy time, the war, the war was extreme. They wanted to beat each other and then beat each other. Uh, but wrestling has gotten chiller. It's safer. Some people hate that. Some y- some people are, suck. Yeah.
0: <laughs> some people are like, there should be
1: more blood. I want to see more violence. It's like, yeah. dude, go enough, watch football. Enough yeah. people
2: got hit with chairs Yeah, in yeah I want to see the 90s, enough like...
1: people shorten yeah. their lives for decades every day. Um
2: that's what UFC is for. Yeah. That, that
1: is kind of where. And UFC is boring and they're losing and a, lot, a lot of market share yeah. to UFC. Um I mean, yeah, it's that's a ridiculous thing of just of like they they they're so different. It's weird. I think wrestling just once the good news is Vince McMahon eventually will retire or, or die. Turn, i mean, probably both. Turn to ash. He'll die before he retires. Right. He'll die in the <laughs> ring. Getting headbutted by someone, he wants to. He'll let Roman Reigns kill him to finally get him over. <laughs> um, <laughs> if he can't kill, me, if he can kill me, the crowd will finally stop booing him. Roman Reigns is the go-to face of the company that nobody likes. Well, I mean, except look what Vince. happened to
2: that newscaster in the '70s who shot herself on camera. Like, you know, that was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Christine something <laughs> yeah.
0: exactly. Our, our name, yeah. her name, is still on our list.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> uh, they made a
2: movie about it. The, it's...
1: Fu- the future of wrestling looks bright. Shane did say there's an uptick. I mean, the Indies are getting bigger and bigger. Local wrestling is getting bigger and bigger. More people I talk to personally care or are interested in wrestling, uh, and uh, you know, and, and 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 women's wrestling is getting a lot better. Uh, not better as in, like, the women, the women have always been great, but it, there's more money in
0: they're, it. They're treating them,
2: they're, se- finally, they're taking them seriously. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah.
1: wrestling audiences are getting more, are getting more... Cosmopolitan? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from San Francisco. I'm gonna lead us stuff.
2: less people from trailer parks, more people from not trailer. that was a bad analogy. Yeah, that's, I don't know. that's
1: that's you took the subtext of the terrible thing I said and made it horrible text. I
2: clearly <laughs> don't give a shit. Um, um. what are you a
1: DNC person? <laughs> Ooh Topic. Um Yeah, I so <laughs> things are things are getting good. Uh, I think it's exci- it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. It's still like the best worst thing like it's yeah i'm not it's like
2: spray cheese
1: yeah but like every now and again there's like an amazing payoff that can make you cry like spray cheese yeah, like spray cheese. yeah.
2: <laughs> well it's
0: like it's like any other genre of anything it's a, a i'm sorry it's wrestling is not a genre wrestling is a medium
1: yeah
0: like comic books are a medium yes They're not a genre yeah um because there is sci-fi
1: wrestling, Honestly, there is comedy wrestling. Excuse there is, me. There's yes, sci-fi wrestling. It's my favorite. Um, yep. Co- comparing wrestling to comic books is the best analogy for it because there's been so much, there's so much continuity. Frequently, nothing gets finished. Yep. Fre- the <laughs> artists are often undervalued. Yep. There's wars between massive like corporations. Companies, yeah. Right now, Marvel has v- objectively won. Um, oh yeah. Because they just haven't oh, bought yeah. DC yet. Yeah. Um, but uh. Yeah, like I, I'm a DC boy. To if Marvel ever bought
2: to. DC, they would literally just stack up all of the DC comics in the warehouse, and then the head of Marvel and Stanley would just pee on them.
1: Now Stanley, yeah. be,
2: <laughs>
0: Stanley will be dead.
1: I, 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 I understand that, but I feel like the ego of like Kevin Feige, Feige or whatever would be then immediately he would turn around and make mm, fine. DC movies and just be like, see, it was easy to make an okay DC movie. Very
2: easy to make good DC. The 90s Batman movies were amazing. They had it. You
1: know what? Batman Forever Defender here too.
2: I was talking Batman and Robin, but whatever.
1: Oh, hey, you're a Batman and Robin Defender? I love Batman
2: and Robin. Good. You know
1: what? I'm a bad movie lover, and I would love to talk to you about bad movies <laughs> one day. And Batman and Robin is always unfairly put in the canon of ultimate bad movies because people just like to make fun of the fact like that it's like
2: that the suits had nipples that is yeah. the main complaint i get from yeah. people and
1: like look there's a lot of bad things about the movie in my opinion yeah but it's nowhere near as bad as blade three uh x-men three spider-man three amazing spider-man one amazing spider-man two oh, fantastic whoa, whoa, whoa. four one you know, fantastic, I'm not even gonna. <laughs> uh, fa- you know whoa this is an amazing <laughs> spider-man fan podcast
2: get all up in andrew
1: garfield's grill that's look, fine andrew garfield did fine Playing a horribly miscast version of Peter Parker. I think
2: it's easier to look back on the Spider-Man movies now that we have like an amazing Spider-Man movie.
1: They were the amazing Spider-Man movies. Fuck off. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I didn't hey, like them when they came out.
0: I watched the Amazing Spider-Man when it came out and I thought it was fine.
2: Yeah, it you know was. I
0: liked it perfectly fine. Yeah, it
1: look, was. I, I have. Hey, I'm the only one that has a third place movie review podcast <laughs> uh, that has infrequently done episodes on Spider-Man. So, <laughs> I'm an award-winning
2: film director, so... Oh,
1: damn it. That's better. Because That's <laughs> my award is not real. Gonna, um,
2: I have the certificate in here and everything. I gave a Classic speech.
1: millennial with their certificate.
0: <laughs> Whatever. I'm an ordained minister. <laughs> so <Whoa>. am
2: I. <laughs> damn it. I got bored.
1: So am yeah. I. I'm going to be. Well, there you go. Uh, the point is... But you're you not right now, so, so we're better than you. But Batman <laughs> and Robin... Uh, is is unfairly fr- put in like these lists of like with the room and birdemic and battlefield earth, and it's not. Um,
2: it, it's nowhere near. I yeah. don't know why. Never mind. Wait. I'm not gonna get into right, we the can room. Talk,
1: We can talk. I, about this off mic. Uh,
2: okay. So yeah, wanna anyway, um, if <laughs> you uh, want to say things to me and Ryan, uh, we are on Twitter at afternoonified, Instagram at afternoonified, Facebook.com/slash get Website is getafternoonified.com where you can listen to past episodes. You can donate. You can send us suggestions and all bunches of bullshit. Um, and then where can we find you guys in your podcasts?
1: Uh, well, I'm Chris Hottimi, and You can follow me on Twitter at Hotami or else. Uh, those few times that Emily's rolled her eyes loudly during this podcast, those are the type of jokes you hear me <laughs> make on Twitter all the time. Uh...
2: You had a good one the other day. It oh, was... was it the
1: Etouffee Brute? Yes. Yeah, there should be a, uh, um, a, uh, a Cajun restaurant in Rome called Etouffee Brute. Uh, but I spelled Etouffee <laughs> wrong because I did it at a trivia thing and I didn't want the host to think I was Googling, so I was hiding my phone as I typed. Um, and then she saw, so it... The point is, it failed. Uh, but, um... The joke landed. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, I have uh, 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 three shows uh, that I do... Um, Reboot, reuse, recycle. Bracket Royale and SpecScript. I'd like to talk about uh, Reboot, reuse, recycle. That is a one where Kyle McCormick and I talk about. Uh movies that have been remade and rebooted like the Spider-Man films Spider-Man And uh Strip is a really fun show we do it live at Kelly's Olympian every second Sunday at 7 Shane is a co-producer of that Yes I am And uh, it is
2: And I'm an avid listener of that
1: Ah, oh, thank you We got a Game of Thrones episode coming out real soon and it is so problematic It's, it's really good It's oh, really funny It's
0: really funny <laughs> It's
1: really funny and I'm I've been write I I've, I've finished editing it and I'm trying to write the disclaimer at the beginning Yeah Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, where a person, a comedian, writes an episode of a TV show that they have never seen. Hilarity ensues. You can hear what it sounds like at SpecScript Show. It's a – just look for SpecScript on iTunes. That's it for me. Uh, Peace out. Just silent for the rest of the episode. Plug everything. I'm so tired. I read so much. All right, so check out the Hosey Hustle. It's Shane's podcast. Check out my
0: podcast, The Hosey Hustle, on the River City Podcast Federation. I, with a guest, will take audience suggestions of product pitches and spin them into great ideas. What a
1: naughty web you spin!
0: Yeah, what a naughty web. Nuts worth. It's the tagline is: we take bad ideas and we make them
1: worse. Um, Emily's been on a great episode of yes. that. Yes. I've <laughs> a been recent on. Episode. Yeah, and I've been on two episodes. One is better than the other, and I will let you find out which one it is. Yeah, listen to them
0: both all the way through. Yeah. And decide for
1: yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, as Shane mentioned, uh, that show's on the River City Podcast Federation. Which yep. we are too. Uh, yeah, the show is Afternoon Fighters, and my shows are too. So check out all those Primo Showmos
2: Oh, shit. And um, I have a new podcast called Boo Haha ha, where you can listen to me tell a comedian scary stories. It's fun.
0: Yeah, they're very afraid. I
2: yeah. still haven't figured out how to say boo-ha-ha and not sound like an asshole. boo ha
1: Hey!
2: The problem is, Waylonf, I'm not baby. a boy and my voice is very nasally. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. No. Okay.
1: <laughs> boo-ha-ha.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm Emily Boo-ha-ha.
0: <laughs> this is Emily signing off.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So we'll catch you, buttheads, later. Um. We'll have another guest on for the next episode. He is also very funny and also named Ryan, so the confusion will be minimal. All right, bye. Bye. This episode of Afternoonified is brought to you by the sound of my dishwasher in the background, as well as an episode of American Vandal that I've had on pause while I finish editing this episode. We are also, also brought to you by Audible.com. If you like audiobooks or you just don't like reading real books, which... I mean that's your choice. I don't really care. Um, go to slash afternoonified for a thirty-day free trial, including a free audiobook of your choice. I have been slowly working my way through Stephen King's bibliography, and I just finished Carrie. So maybe give that a try. It's read by Sissy Spacek, who was Carrie in the original movie. So it is super good. It's super scary. And that is tryaudible.com slash afternoonified for your 30-day free trial and free audiobook of your choice. I hate doing these. <laughs> I miss Ryan.
3: Hey! You sound like an idiot when you do that. Um? Oh, you sound really <laughs> smart now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Adam Posse. I'm Alex Rios. And li- we want you to listen to our new pa- podcast called Chumba. And Wamba. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I hate the name still. <laughs> uh, in spite of the fact that it's the dumbest named podcast in the world and it's not all at all about the 90s band. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's me and Rios, two Portland comedians, two very close friends, uh, giving each other shit, mostly. Talking about the week that we've had and maybe the week to come and just whatever we feel like. And it's a good time. We hope you check it out. Now, please get back. We'll be on the River City Podcast Federation dot com network. Get back to whichever one of those podcasts from that fantastic network you are listening to. Hopefully it's not room of retirement because Caitlin Weyerhaeuser is a poop butt. Thank you.